Hello there, and good evening, and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes, and Refugees, and their multicultural mess and secular scam. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you had a great, great day, um, and I am so happy to be joining you again. We have a lot of, of, of um, lot to do lot to to say um it was um it, it, i think this um this is an eventful day of what happened so let's just say i i gave an interview on a channel called uncompromising india today that's uncompromising India. So if you go onto YouTube and you type uncompromising India, and there is a lovely lady there by the name of uh, Parveen. Um, uh, and, and she is doing a great job um, of listening, of, of speaking to people about different issues. And the podcast today, or should I say the YouTube video today was on... Um, on on uh, Christianity. That's why is Christianity so unsecure? So that is a very very important topic. Maybe we can do a live stream on that sometimes. But this is I went on board that channel and I gave an interview and you can listen to me from one from one. 10 onwards. So 110 onwards, if you listen, you will see me. The, the live stream is for two hours. So 110 onwards, you can, see, you can hear me and I am there and you can listen to my voice and what I had to say on Christianity. So it's called Uncompromising India and I will be happy. I hope that you will. I talk very fast because you know I talk very, very fast, unfortunately. But uh, yes, it is what it is. Uh, if you if you have if you want to spare some time, do go ahead, and I'll be, and and if you want to give me your feedback, religions, regimes, and refugees, and their multicultural mess, and that is my um, my email. Sorry, uh, my podcast, but my email if you want to reach me is religions, regimes, refugees, and at outlook dot com, and my Facebook page religion, regimes, and refugees. Um, and I will be happy to answer you any questions. So today we are doing something on uh, on a topic that has gone viral, and that is to say um, the religious lead leaders. There was um, a peace movement that was going on. Um, and there was a controversial uh, on stage, uh, a peace talk, peace union. And there was a controversial remark made by uh, the Allah, um, by the uh, Jamiat ulama e president of the organization of Sayyid Arshad Madani. He made a controversial speech, and that speech says, Om and Allah is the same. Now, you have to laugh at this. There's nothing else to do but laugh. Um, what can I say? Well, I'm just going to read you what happened, and then we'll talk about it briefly, okay? So quickly, we won't take much of your time. Uh, here we go. Just bear with me. Okay. So 
Jane Mooney, Acharya Lokesh Mooney, who was also present at the stage, expressed, dis- expressed displeasure with Syed Arshad remarks of Om Allah remarks, uh, Om Allah being the same. So just to give you a brief idea, several religious leaders walked off the stage from the 34th general session of the Jamiat Ulema-e-Hind after the president of the organization, Syed Arshad Madani, made a controversial speech. Jane Muni, Acharya Lokesh Muni, uh, who was also present on the stage, expressed displeasure with Madani's remarks and said, we only agree with living in harmony, but the story regarding Om Allah and Manu is all rubbish. He completely spoiled the atmosphere of the session. The stories he had, I can narrate even bigger than that. I would even request him to come and have a discussion with me, or even I can meet him in Sahara Ranpur. He added, it should be remembered that the first Jain Tidtankar was Rishba and his sons were Bharata and Bahubali, whose name, who, on whose name this country Bharat was named. You can't erase that. We don't agree with those statements. Earlier in the day, the president of the Jamiat Ulama-e-Hin, Sayyid Arshad Madani, sparked controversy by saying when he asked the Dharma gurus that when there was no one, neither Sri Ram, nor Brahma, nor Shiva, then whom did Manu worship? He said, Someone, some told me that they worship Om. I said that it is Om only that, that we refer to as Allah. Those speaking Farsi refer it as Kuda, and those speaking English refer to him as God. This means that there is only one Om and Allah, and both are the same. And it is only thing Manu used to worship. There is no Shiv, no Brahma, but only one Om and Allah that was worshipped. Addressing this session, Mr. Madani also said, Hindus and Muslims have been living in this country like brothers for around 1,400 years. We have never forced or con- forcibly converted anyone to Islam, which is absolutely nonsense. It's only under the BJP rule that we have heard 20 crore Muslims should be sent home. By sending them home, they meant converting them to Hindus. These people don't know anything about India's history. I had to laugh, and I don't see why people are making such a big thing about it, because it's absolutely ridiculous nonsense. Uh, this guy is, um, you know, religious leader. He will say anything to sell his his shika bang bang. Uh, so what can I say? I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Here's something else that he said. Days after targeting Prime, Prime Minister Narendra Modi saying India belongs to him as much as the PM, Jamiat Ulema Ihin Chief Muhammad Madani on Sunday triggered controversy by equating Om with Allah. According to him, Om, the prime symbolism of Hinduism, and Allah, the terms for God by Muslims, are the same. Addressing a gathering of the three-day plenary session of the Jamiat Ulama-e-Hind at Ramlila Maidan in New Delhi, I asked Dharma Guru when there was no one, neither Sri Ram nor Brahma, then whom did they use to worship? Um, some people told me that they used to worship Om. Then I told them that Om is Allah to us. Ishwar by you, Khuda by Farsi speaking, and God is English speaking people. After the address of Jamat Ulama-e-Hind, Chief Maulana Syed Arshad Madani 
and Jane Mooney present on the stage expressed displeasure over the remarks. We do not agree with this statement. We agree to live in harmony with each other. A few days ago, um, Jamat Jamiat Ulamayihin President Mohammed Madani said India belongs to him as much as Prime Minister Modi and Rash and RSS Chief Mohan Bhagwat. Uh, the Jamiat Islamia Ulamayihin is a century old organization and works for the protection of civil, religious, cultural, and education rights of Muslims. Jamiat claims to be the largest organization of Muslims and social, political, religious issues of Muslims remain on its agenda. The Jamiat believes in the deal the ideology of Islam. Speaking on the inaugural plenary session of Ulama-e-Hind at Ram Leela Maidan in the national capital, India is our country. This country belongs to Madani as much as it belongs to Narendra Modi and Mohan Bhagat. Neither Muhammad is an inch um, ahead of them, nor are they one inch ahead of Mammon? He claimed that Islam is the oldest religion in the country. This land is first the homeland of Muslims, saying that Islam is a religion that came from outside. Uh, is totally wrong and baseless. Islam is the oldest religion among religions. India is the best country for Hindi Muslims. Um, said the, the chief, the Jamat Ulema e Hind chief, stated that there are f against forced conversions, which is absolutely nonsense because that's what Islam is on the Indian subcontinent, uh, and alleged that today people who are converting their religion voluntarily are also being sent to jail on forced charges. He said, We are against religious conversions driven forcibly. Freedom of religion is a fundamental right. We are also against conversion by force, fraud, and, and greed. There are many examples of agencies targeting the Muslim community, my goodness gracious me, such as the ban on the Mars police action and the bulldozer action. Well, just to touch on this, there's no ban on the Mars anywhere on, in India. That's an absolute falsehood. It's the ban on loudspeakers, and loudspeakers is not Islamic, it's haram. Loudspeakers has nothing to do, it has only come 120 years ago, 100 years ago, 120 years ago. Before that, there were no loudspeakers. So why do you need loudspeakers today? Okay, so the, the ban is on loudspeakers because it's disturbing every Tom, Dick and Harry. Um, and basically, that's the large and short of the story. Uh, but this guy, whoever he is, Maulana Sayed Arshad Madani, he's like a orthodox. He he's uh, you know uh, the orthodoxy. Uh, he's absolutely ignorant, and uh, he will say anything to sell his business, his product, and and everyone does the same thing. You know, the Christian priests do absolutely the same thing. But anyway, let's get down to it. It is absolutely ridiculous what he's saying. So let's start with Allah okay the word Allah comes from the word illa so when we say la ilah al ilahi so the shahada uh, which is part in, in 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 the Quran in part okay it's not one verse it's not one sentence it's two different half verses put together and and said that it's the shahada that means the oath belonging to Islam uh, and that word Allah comes from the word illa, I, I, sorry, I-L-A-H, okay? Illa is the Arabic term for God. In Arabic, illa refers to anyone and anything that is worshipped. 
you can you can say it to anything okay the feminine is ilahat okay that means i l a h a t meaning goddess um so you have ilah and you have ilahat um and the arabic word for god is allah which is thought to be derived from it um and um illa is a cognate to the northern semitic word of el okay uh, in northern northwest semitic uh which precedes uh arabic um and the akkadian word illum so in akkadian you have illum i l u m in northwest semitic you have el and the word is a proto semitic archaic bilateral word uh el meaning god um which has extended to regular triliteral by addition of the h so the word is actually l and that l becomes uh ella um l becomes il il and il becomes ella and illa illa is i l a h which is god the plural masculine and illat is the feminine word for goddess the word is spelt um sorry um so normally it's the word the alphabet used in arabic is the uh, uh alif alif is the first alphabet of the arabic word and that arabic word comes from hebrew which is uh also alif so uh, arabic takes everything from hebrew and alif is the same alphabet in hebrew so the term is used throughout the quran in passages discussing uh, existence of god and other beliefs uh notably the first statement of the shahada there is no god but uh allah so um no god that's il, uh the arabic word for god is i l a h and that becomes allah so a l uh because everything in arabic has nouns will have the particle before it so allah is a l space i l l a h and that finally becomes a l l a h so it becomes it joins together from illa becomes al illa and then becomes allah so um no god but god except god so um la illa al illa al ilahi that's the shahada uh, la illa al ilahi is the shahada let me just go back and make sure i got this yeah la illa il illa there's no god but god muhammadun rasul illa okay so that is the shahada my friend but from there you get the word illa which is the actual word preceding allah okay many people don't know that they just say the shahada just by that now i'm not saying the shahada because i i i don't belong to islam and i'm just giving you so the word allah comes from illa and it's a pre abrahamic word it's it comes from the northwest semitic word el and the akkadian word illum okay now this l uh was used in hebrew too okay so uh illa comes again from um the hebrew uh, pre northwest semitic word which was used by the hebrews uh and uh from there you get um 
You also have different other translations or different other usages of the word um, ella, uh, illa, and that could be a lot, a latu, a lita, uh, or elat. So the different uh, translations, different uh, forms of the same word, because an Arabic word can be taken, or pre-Arabic, Semitic word, you'll have one root and you can have different eight or nine or ten different meanings from it or usages of it depending on this, uh, depending on the uh, position of the word in the phrase, okay? Uh, now, the Hebrews use the word El, okay? So, um, the El, before it became Elat or Illat or Illahi, the word was El, okay? And the Hebrews still use it. That's why you see the word, um, that's why you see um, uh, the national airline of, the national airline of uh, Israel is Elal, okay? Very, very clearly the national airline of, um, of Israel is Elal. You have a lot of people with names and surnames starting with L in Arabic, E-L, Okay, that means they have some type of Hebrew root. Um, so, yes, absolutely, they have some type of Hebrew root. Um, and, and, and that's why, because all these areas are Semitic areas. So even if they were not Hebrew, they were Semitic. And El is a Semitic word. It's a pro-Arabic word. Now, El, um, El in Hebrew had... Um, um, had a picture, had a, a form, had a, a, a what pictography, as we say. Okay, all Hebrew alphabets have a pictography, but uh, that means an image. But Arabic Abrahamic religions remove that um, pictures because they're not allowed to show pictures. They're not allowed to have images. They're not allowed to have anything. Uh, no idols. Okay, that's why they call us pagans. And this. Um, no pictures, that means all the pictographies of this were removed. But if you go back into ancient times and ancient texts, the ancient Hebrew alphabet of El, the first alphabet in the, in the Hebrew text, uh, is used as Aleph, okay, Aleph. Uh, it's a very holy word. Um, and it has the picture of the head of a cow or an oxen. That means the uh, Abrahamic, the Arabic, uh, the Hebrew word El actually means cow. If everyone's listening to me correctly, the, uh, the Abrahamic, the Arabic and Hebrew word El means cow. It does not mean God. It does not mean Allah. It means the cow because it symbolizes pre-Abrahamic, it was taken from there and just, and just uh, rephrased and, and re, um, rebranded into something else, but it has the same concept. Uh, it means it, it had the symbol of the cow. My question to you is why is the word, why is the concept of the cow the same? If the symbol of the Aleph is the cow and India also uh, worships the cow or the cow is sacred, what is the similarity? That's because this entire belt, 
from North Africa all the way, sorry, from the Western Sahara, Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, all of them, all of them, uh, Libya, Egypt, the whole Arabian plate, uh, India, in the Indian subcontinent, all the way to Southeast Asia, uh, Far East, uh, up to Japan, Korea, they were called the Vedic belt, okay? Now, this Vedic belt turns desert until the Tar Desert. Uh, and so all the civilization is gone. But we still have images of the cow and the pictures uh, drawn on the stone still in the desert. And what is this telling you? This is telling you a story that at one point, all this was the Vedic civilization. You still have in, in Saudi Arabia, we'll do a podcast on this, you still have in Saudi Arabia. Uh, uh, huge ancient monuments that have been covered from from uh, from use uh, from showing to the world of um, um, of lingams of lingams that are still there. So um, coming back to the L, the L means uh, it gives us El Ilahi and Elahi, and that is the Aleph in the first alphabet of Arabic and Hebrew, and that symbolizes the cow. And the cow is, um, was a very holy symbol in this region, uh, pre-Abrahamic religions, which then took the same language, same words, they only removed the pictures. Now, why is the cow so important? Because in Hinduism, in Dharma, it's important. And why is the cow important? Because the cow, when it sits down after grazing, sits in the direction of the magnetic poles of the planet. The, now, there are two poles, two types of poles on the planet. One is um, the uh, geographical poles, which are fixed, and one of the magnetic poles that are not fixed, that moves about 25 kilometers a year, plus or minus. So if you don't know where the poles are, you cannot align yourself. And if you don't align yourself, turbulence uh, happens all the time because you're an electromagnetic field like a magnet. The magnet always has to, will find its base. It will find its angle. It's not south direction. So similarly, we are an angle. The earth is an, uh, sorry, we are a magnet. The earth is a magnet and it always has a magnetic axe. That magnetic axe always turns because the earth is circumambulatory. Uh, the magnetic poles always turn or move. Now, you don't know where it is, and that's why you need, uh, you need a pointer. The cow, once it sits down after grazing, will always sit in the direction of the electromagnetic poles of the planet. And that's why the cow was holy. The cow was very important. You could not kill the cow. So that, in myself, is the most important part. By using the word El or Aleph, um, and removing the picture, they kept the same meaning, they kept the same language, they kept the same alphabets, they kept the same structure, but they only invented their own new story about it. So the story is new, but the vocabulary and the basics is the same. But you cannot, you cannot worship the cow, you cannot worship uh, the magnetic poles. With these people, modern day people in the last 3,000 years, we are going to what is known as the Kali Yuga, which is the age of 
darkness because we have forgotten our civilization. Uh, like I said, we are circumambulatory, we are cyclic, and our cycle takes 25,920 years to go around. And right now, we are at the bottom like everything else, the sun has to set before it goes, sun has to rise. So we are at the bottom at this point because the last magnetic um, um, cataclysm was 13,000 years ago. So we are halfway through. So we're at this bottom part right now. And this bottom part where we are, the cycle means the Kali Yuga or the Dark Ages. And so we age of darkness where we don't remember much, but we still have knowledge of the ancients. So that is very important um, to understand. Uh, so to recapitulate, um, this, this pole, this uh, belt from Western Sahara all the way to Japan and the Koreas is a, a, the Vedic uh, belt. And at one time, it was a Vedic civilization here. It has gone. It has turned to desert. But there are images that still remain, and that is of the cow. And it's important because this is the center of the universe. The magnetic axe of the planet will pass through this. So you have to know where the axe is. You have to know where it's falling. And in order to know these magnetic poles, the cow, after it sits down after grazing, will then tell you, uh, will then sit in the direction of the poles, which is very important. Once you align yourself in the direction of the cow, you will not be in turbulence and you can be, you can yagna, you can align, which is the, the Sanskrit word is yagna. And that's why uh, it's very important. But we have forgotten that. Now, this is used as L uh, in Arabic, in um in in uh, in Islam, it uses Ilahi. Uh, that El Alahi then becomes Allahi because this region was uh, occupied or controlled by the Romans. The Romans speak Latin, and in Roman, um, that's uh, we have the alphabet A B C D A B C Delta. Okay, that is that is those are the alphabets of the of the Latin alphabet, and the Latin alphabet the uh, it becomes R. Everything is R. So instead of L, we have Al. And because this region was occupied by the by the Romans, and it, everything is Al, okay, this Al, Al uh, Elahi, Al this, Al that, is then continued because this area was occupied by the Byzantines, the Middle East by the Byzantines, and the Byzantine Empire then collapsed and was taken over by the Islamic Empire. So they took the same language from the Byzantines, which just rebranded it with a new label, but they are still using a lot of the uh, Roman uh, vocabulary. So Al, A-L, is actually coming from, derived from the Roman pronunciation of L and the Roman pronunciation of L comes from the Hebrew pronunciation of uh, L, that's E-L, um, which because a lot of the uh, Hebrews then migrated and fled, became refugees in Europe uh, after the Hebrew empire collapsed. And so this southern Europe is filled with Yehud and, and Hebrews and their language just then uh, becomes part of the language of Europe. And that's why a lot of languages have uh, Hebrew base, Hebrew phonetics. Latin is one of them. And, and, and um, they also obviously 
obviously follow Christianity because the Yehud of the Hebrew groups, uh, then the Yehud tribes then become from the kingdom of Yehud. And then finally uh, flee, the kingdom comes down, flees um, after a thousand years and they move up to Europe so where that becomes Christianity. And that's how Christianity spreads. So that's important to know. So Al again is coming from Elahi. So Allah actually is the Romanized version of Elahi. And that comes from El, which you're worshipping the cow. So the Muslims are still worshipping the cow, my dear friends. The Muslim and the, and the Hebrews. Now you don't use, hear the Hebrews using Elahi very often. Because you in Hebrews, among Jews... You're not allowed, there's a commandment, you're not allowed to take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Okay, you cannot do that. You cannot take the name of the Lord your God. So they came with alternate words, and that alternate words in Hebrew is El, uh, is Hisham, um, uh, Elohi, Elohim. Uh, so you'll hear many uh, Hebrews saying Elohim, Elahi, uh, Hashem. There are many alternate words because they have a commandment that they cannot take the name of the Lord your God in vain, unlike the uh, Muslims and the Christians. And so they have these alternate words. So you don't hear it, but in writing, the, the, there is El all the time, Elohim. But the principle is the same. They are still worshipping the cow, my dear friend. Yes, Abrahamic groups are still worshipping the cow. Yes, even Hindus don't worship the cow. The cow is sacred, but it's not worship because you can't worship something. This is a science about your magnetic field and you have to keep aligning your magnetic field in context with the geomagnetics of the land where you are. This is not about religion. This is not about ideology. This is not about you just submitting to something and being a slave. Uh, it's a. It's about you knowing the science behind who you are, the, the astronomy behind who you are, the cosmic knowledge behind who we are. And that's from there we get... Um, Allah. So no, Allah is not the same as Om. Om is a sound. Again, Om is a sound. If you just Google it, what is Om? Uh, which also, um, it's a syllable, okay? Uh, and it's an elect. It's a it's a syllable which has magnetic resonance, okay? This magnetic resonance, when you use it. Uh, vibrates the innermost um, the the uh, electromagnetic energy behind who you are. Okay, so uh, this magnetic energy then balances, forms frequencies, and 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 balances uh, accordingly, and it, it it negates it sort of negates any negative energy, any imbalance that you have. So it's not a holy word. It's not just to say anything. It's a syllable. It's considered uh, one of the greatest syllables uh, uh, among mantras and, um, electro and mantra formulas or electromagnetic formulas because a mantra is a combination of syllables with magnetic resonance, my friends. So it's made of three sounds, R-U-M, and in Sanskrit, the vowels A, U, and O, which is, represents several important triads, the three worlds of the earth, the atmosphere, and heaven, um, and the three qualities are the gunas, uh, 
matter, um, three qualities of matter, goodness, passion, and darkness, and three Vedic, sacred Vedic scriptures, uh, the Rig Veda, Yajur Veda, and Sama Veda. Uh, it, it, it says the Om mystically uh, embodies the essence of the universe. Well, why does it embody the, me the, the message of the universe? Because the universe is a cosmic field, it's an electromagnetic field, and we are an part of that electromagnetic planet we are in astronomy we are cosmic energy field and you have to constantly balance that field and for you to balance the electromagnetic field you the only way you can do it is externalize your energy not keep it inside and by externalizing it you need to balance it you need magnetic uh syllables so any mantra with uh, uh with magnetic uh, elect electromagnetic syllables um, is, is something that will balance you and the word the symbol ohm is um, is a combination of magnetic uh, um, resonance syllables with magnetic resonance that will it, it is the one of the most important or the most important um, syllables with magnetic resonance that will balance your electromagnetic field and that is om so it has nothing to do with allah but if you understand that allah is a derivative of the word l which symbolizes the cow, which symbolizes your necessity to balance your magnetic field um, in conjunction with the magnetic poles of the planet, which are already moving. Ohm is used to balance that magnetic field, my dear friend. But the word Allah that's used today has nothing to do with Ohm. This is an ancient word. It's it's rebranded and rebranded by different religions, and it has nothing to do with Ohm anymore. Even if you say the word Allah a gazillion times, it's not going to help you because the importance is having um, syllables. Uh, mantras or syllables with magnetic resonance and Allah doesn't do that at all so it has nothing to do with Om but like I said the Jain monk said very clearly we agree to live in harmony uh, but not to say that Islam is the first religion of this planet or this country but it's just supremacy at its best but we'll talk about that tomorrow my important part here was to under make you understand that omen Allah is not the same. What is the history behind it? What is the science behind it? And here we go. So I hope you have a great day. Thank you very much. I'm sorry I spoke for 34 minutes, but I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I wish you a great, great week ahead. Cheers and stay safe.